So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, things are going pretty good. It's a Saturday for us. We got to sleep in, although I was battling my stupid DVR again. Right. Oh, man. It's always just such a pain, especially because apparently they extended the length of the show by a half hour now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not 100% confident I got to see the entire show. I think I did. But like I said, it, it's been a battle. So yeah, when it when it comes to yours, I'll let you I'll let you know if there's anything like, uh, you actually right. missed this other scene that yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll kick us off with uh, Taylor and Chance. So Taylor gets a call from Chance saying that he's getting released. Taylor is dressing to impress because she's just really nervous and just really wants to make a good impression. She doesn't have enough time to prep the house for him, and she's hoping Chance doesn't judge her for it. It was such short notice that the production crew couldn't even make it out there, so Taylor is just doing the home video style. Taylor's wondering if they might be too different, but she's reassured by the thought that they could be like a yin and yang. Taylor thinks that maybe Chance has a good heart, that maybe Chance has a good heart, that he just got a little lost along the way. Chance uh, finally gets out, and he insists on kissing with tongue. He runs down his rap sheet for us and blames his trouble on his drug addiction. He cries when he talks about Taylor and says she's making him be a better man. He shows her his tattoo of her, which he says is growing a beard because he's getting a little hairy, and there just also happens to be a pimple on her nose. While Chance is trying to make out with her, Taylor realized her car isn't starting. She sends Chance out to help fix the car battery. Taylor likes how Chance is just taking things in stride, and he just seems to be jovial in a good mood, even though they hit a bump in the road. All right, what was your first impression of uh, first impression of Chance? I mean, it, he sounded legit, right? He's definitely mm-hmm. talking the talk. Let's put it yes. that way. Um, so, I mean, definitely the crying. We well, no, we always like to do that thing. It's like, well, I knew they cared because they cried, but. I mean, he did He did seem to be at least emotionally invested. Yeah, I was going to say, usually we think that's ridiculous when we're like, oh, I know they love me because they cried. It's like, no, that's not what that means. But I, I do think it really does say something that he's so overwhelmed with emotion when he talks about Taylor that it does right. make it seem genuine. Now, do I think he loves her just because he happened to shed a couple tears when he was like thinking about her? No, but it does make me feel like he does have genuine feelings there and they're, you know, he's just overwhelmed with the thought of her. Right. I mean, I always take, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. That's why I said he talks the talk, but I know he can talk the talk because we talked about this before and he said it this time, he literally robbed a bank by talking to someone and convincing them to just give him money out of the drawer. So I know he's a good talker. I know he can get people to do what he wants um, and he, he can come across that way. 
Absolutely. So he says he blames and he had quite the rap sheet, not anything super major, but definitely a lot of, I guess, small, like none of them were violent, just smaller offenses. Mostly it seems like uh, money related stuff. Um, And I believe really, truly that it has to do with his drug uh, problem, because, I mean, if you think about what he was, you know, in prison for what he got in trouble for, there were nonviolent crimes that mostly had to do with either drug or money, probably related to drug stuff. And so I absolutely believe that, you know, he was a victim of drug addiction like this is you know all the repercussions of that and so i I feel like as long as he stays clean okay and i will put that caveat on it i could see him being a pretty decent guy and a good partner to taylor yeah i mean and it definitely helps that i mean taylor kind of you know put her finger on this that things didn't go right Right. Because Mm -hmm. the car broke down and they were desperately. But he was taking it in stride and being like cool about it and not like getting angry or being like, well, this is just bullshit. I can't believe my first time out. I have to sit here wait in this parking lot. Right. You know. Yeah. He was so like, I don't know, gracious about the whole thing. And we have seen people getting more foul moods over, you know, smaller things. And I mean, even on this show. I mean, yes. even on this episode. So, yeah, I, right. he made a very good impression on me, just his reaction to adversity, you know, like yes, the first exactly. thing that went did not go according to plan. He was just like, oh, it's fine. I'm so appreciative of the fact that I'm even free. Right, right. He was like, I'm getting wet, but I'm getting wet, not in prison. So good day. Awesome. Yeah, Fantastic. I'm Let's getting rained forward. on. No biggie. Yeah, it's better than getting rained on in prison. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely like that. So I think I also definitely started to pinpoint what it is about Taylor that doesn't strike me right that I don't like. And Mm -hmm. it's that her laugh is annoying. Oh, yeah. Her laugh is definitely annoying. And she does it all the time. It's just like, oh, he's getting out of prison. (laughs) Like, whoa, what was that? Stop that. Stop that right now. I don't like it. Yeah. So I don't like listening to her. So I think that that's sure. definitely something that is is hurting me in terms of my Taylor appreciation for this, right. for this season so um, far. Yeah. As someone who does very often nervous laugh, I don't think I noticed it so much. But I do think it's just like a nervous laugh, right? I'm sh- and it and I'm so sure happens. it is. Yeah. Yeah. It just so happens that her nervous laugh kind of sounds like an insane clown. So... I mean, bummer for her, but at the same time, it doesn't make me like her any less. It's, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't want to hear her laugh, but, you know, it's that it It's is that what it full is. mouth open. It's her face when she laughs, too, that bothers me. Yeah. Like, her mouth is, like, wide open. It's, like, not like a <laughs> kind of nervous laugh. Ooh, okay. <laughs> like, I know. Okay, if somebody said he, he, he when they nervous laugh, that would be fucking weird, too. But <laughs> I don't know. I just think of less annoying nervous laughs that come up, and that's that's what throws me off. Yeah. All right, so let's go to. I only had two. I'm gonna save the. I'm gonna save the one that really pissed me off for second. So oh, Rick and Ray Dean first. <laughs> <laughs> so we find Rick in a lingerie shop, which is already a sign that the other one was really bad because lingerie shopping. We started here, and this was the less annoying one. Yeah. Um, he's trying to pick out some things for Ray Dean's from her list of necessities. So his friend and roommate Ramona is with him. Now, this is a new person. So we had – he says – he has like a list with all the sizes written down but doesn't seem to know what any of them mean. So he's definitely in over his head. And it's good that he brought Ramona for this. 
So Redeen gave him a list of things that she needed. She like quick, you know, I need this, I need this, I need this. And she's only allowed to have five of each. But he was overwhelmed by the volume of things she said. So she wrote everything down. It's just plus on Rick's side, writing things down. Good idea. I know, right? <laughs> so the shop owner comes and tells them. And they he says, you know, she's going to be in the halfway house. For we're mostly looking for practical things here. Ramona's idea is that Radine kind of came across a little bit on the trashy side. So she's picking out things accordingly. Ramona oh, is nervous about potentially having this woman roommate and thinks it's either going to be great or be a total disaster because they're going to butt heads. So Radine, Those are your only options anyway. <laughs> well, no, Stupid things could Ramona. be okay. They never have any shades of gray for anything. They're like, uh, it might be mildly annoying, but I think it'll be fine. It's always like, it's either going to be the best situation ever or I'm going to want to murder them. There's nothing in between. And I was like, there's actually lots of in between that could happen. Oh so anyway, Dean calls when there's shop. So then they start talking about sex. And they're both, let's say, experienced uh, with sexuality, but haven't, you know, had sex with each other. Um, tentatively, they're talking about the big hotel room night when she gets out. So Dean thinks it must, it's pretty weird for and awkward to have, you know, another woman with you shopping for her underwear. But Rick feels like, yeah, he actually feels a lot less pervy um, in the lingerie store when there's another woman there and he's not just there by himself. So Regina is also nervous that she and Ramona aren't go- are going to bump heads. And Rick, to her, just kind of brushes the whole thing aside. So at the end, the total of the store comes to about $700, which is really probably more than he can afford. But, you know, put it on credit. So back at the house in a gender twist, Rick is washing the dishes and Ramona is playing PlayStation. So he leaves to go talk to Raydeen's dad, Ray, about the logistics of the release. When he gets there, Judy, Raydeen's stepmother, is there too. At this point, he jumps into this weird metaphor about prospectors mining her eyes for gold or something weird. It was weird. Anyway, productors ask Ray about the age difference at first, and he said he was bothered at first, but Rick only has proven himself, so he's all about that kid now. This meeting is also the first time that they hear that his roommate, Ramona, is female, and they're a little concerned about that, but Ray says at the end of the day he's ready to spoil Raydeen when she gets out, but he's concerned that Raydeen's addictions will come back to haunt her once she has more opportunity to you know, get drugs on the outside. Uh, He also, he talks about getting drunk and how in his experience, this can be a real trigger to going back to your drug of choice. Of course, Rick has some experience with this because he himself has struggled with heroin addiction. So, but all these tests and things and, you know, the things that are going to get to her in the real world is the reason why Ray is happy that Raydeen is coming to his house, which confuses Rick because he thought that she clearly promised him that he was going to be at his house. So... Yeah, you know, this is already kind of a thing that he doesn't speak up yet, but is definitely an issue. Another issue is that, um, as Rick puts it, Ramona likes her vegetation, which means, means she's a big pothead, apparently. So later, Rick is sweeping the garage a few hours before the release. He's hoping to see um, – to kind of catch her on the transfer from the prison bus to the halfway house van and then follow the van to the halfway house and catch a glimpse of her again. So, because she's going to be in the halfway house 60 days before she gets out. So, Ramona thinks that, you know, her staying at Ray's would probably be a better idea. So, they can develop a relationship on the outside, you know, actually be boyfriend and girlfriend and not just move in together. So, right before he leaves, he gets a call from Ray Dean, who is not, apparently not going to get released today as planned because of a COVID outbreak in her dorm in the prison. 
He reassures her that it'll be okay, but he really wishes that he got some notification beforehand. So he worries that the longer she's in prison, the more likely it is and the more time she'll have to do something stupid and catch another charge. He's frustrated and kind of tells the crew to stop filming and then you know, speeds off on his bike because he needs some wind. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, let's talk about the new characters, you know, Ray and Ramona. I mean, we have yeah. Ray, Ramona and, you know, the Judy, Judy, the stepmother. Yes. So, I mean, who, who do we like so far of the new characters in this one, at least? Uh, I feel like Ray Dean or sorry, Ramona seems fun, but I also feel like she is, I don't know, almost like there's going to be conflict there, right? right? I can already kind of foresee there's going to be conflict and not necessarily because she has a thing for Rick or, you know, but it's more like. Well, I live here, too. You can't just, you know, tell me what to do. And I could see Radim kind of being like, well, this is Rick's place and I'm Rick's woman. Therefore, I should be able to get my way. So I can kind of see that being an issue. Um, Ray, I thought was interesting. I, I liked that he had such a friendly relationship with Rick. Uh, mm -hmm. It's probably because they're basically peers. Um, but... <laughs> You know, I just also kind of find it funny that, you know, dude's in a wheelchair, but he's the one threatening to kill Rick. So it's just like it's symbolic, right? It doesn't take – well, I mean, that's what weapons are, are we're invented right. for. Like, <laughs> but, I mean, it's funny though because he definitely still is at least a little bit older because he's like, that kid, yes. you know, that kid. I, I trust that kid. Those crazy um, kids. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a bit of that. I mean, I, I, I did like – Ray, I mean, but that's the, except for maybe the fact that he named his daughter Ray Dean. Yes, I noticed that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually, Rick is starting to grow on me a little bit. He's sure. like a likable dude. The only thing that I don't really like about him is that it just seems so predatory to me that, you know, he met her when he was 40 and she was 19. 19 to me, that's just yeah. like, Oh, you know, it just seems like I don't know. And I don't know if he knew that she was on drugs back then, but it just seems to me very predatory. And if he did know she was on drugs, that to me just makes it much worse. Yeah. I don't know if he was trying to do like savior complex because it does kind of seem like he is a little bit now like I have experience with drugs. I know exactly what she's going through. I can keep her on the straight and narrow like. You know, I'm going to help keep her clean and, you know, be a good influence on her. So I don't know if he thought that back then, if he knew. That right. to me makes it even more creepy. But as a just a person, he's pretty funny, likable. Yeah, he is. He is. I mean, I don't like when he – the thing that puts me off about him is it does seem a bit posery when he mm -hmm. does a lot of his bike stuff. I'm just a, I'm just a biking man or like that. That part is like, all right. Like, but, but Got to catch some wind. Yeah, is it is it one of those things that makes me like roll my eyes and be like, okay, Rick, sure, get your win, bike yeah, a guy. He's or just trying it, to stay on brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he definitely has a personal brand. Like, and because it's right. one thing if like if I like the person enough, then that's just an aspect of their personality where I roll my eyes and go, all right, Rick, sure, and then or otherwise it's like this guy's annoying and he's totally fake. If I don't yeah. like them, otherwise, right? Yeah. But I mean, I definitely agree with Ramona. I just think Ramona is. She's very comfortable right now with where yes. her life is at and how things are. And mm -hmm. this is just 
a disruption to that. And she's yes. like, I don't like that disruption. I like where I like smoking my weed and playing PlayStation all day. I'm enjoying yeah. this very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. I, you know, and it's funny because Rick's like, oh, I think she might have a bit of a crush on me. And I'm not saying that she doesn't, but Ramona just doesn't seem like the kind of person to like pursue or to really get jealous. At least at this point, doesn't seem like that. So oh, I don't sure. think he really has to worry about that aspect kind of playing out um the other thing that i really liked about rick was he just seemed to kind of be just a chill dude right when he got the bad news of you know ray dean not being able to come out like he didn't make a big deal out out of it especially to her and that's exactly right he was upset and that's why he had to catch wind but you know, like, he just was like, oh, it's fine. Like, it'll be fine. Like, we'll figure it out. And he was very, like, comforting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He was like, oh, no worries. Like, he, yes, he definitely was trying to calm her, even though he internally was super frustrated, like, and right. super annoyed. Um, and yeah, yeah and I, the catch wind is fine. I mean, it's, like, not my thing. But, like, how many people would be like, I got to go for a walk? Like, that's, yeah. that's, he just rides a bike instead of going, going for a walk. Like, it right. makes, it makes a lot of sense. In terms of being frustrated, but also not taking that frustration out on her. Right. Or or even or showing like, her. Or showing her. Right? She's because she's probably freaking out too. Yeah, because he totally could have been, you know, frustrated at the prison, but in her direction, at her. Well, I can't believe they did this. How could they possibly think? And that doesn't help her, right? Him right. getting agitated and like also getting upset, especially when he said she has a temper problem. And yeah. like, so if oh, something gosh, like this yeah. happens, then he's worried that she's going to take her temper temper out on somebody else. And well, so yeah. him uh, contributing that is not is not great. So, yeah, so far, yeah, minus the fact that, yeah, potentially this 40 year old guy was hooking up with a wanted to get together or with trying a ni- to. trying yeah. to get together with a 19 year old addict. Yeah. If you yeah. take that out of the picture. Yeah. If you take that out, you're like, oh, he's a decent guy. But <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of people who did not have such great reactions when they find out that the release is delayed was Kevin. So Kevin Tiffany. Mm-hmm. So Kevin's hanging out with his guy friends at a bar when Kayla pops up. Kayla remembers his ex-girlfriend oh. that Kevin is trying to avoid, question mark? Yeah. We find out maybe yes. not so much. Maybe <laughs> his, his method of avoiding things involves putting his penis in them. So it's maybe not the best idea in the world. No, no. So uh, their friends are convinced she has a tracker on his phone because she always seems to coincidentally be wherever they are. Kevin thinks that she's just tight with a lot of bartenders who are uh, her spies and let her know when they see him. But then we also see that Kevin, idiot, is easily found because he just posts everything on social media. Kevin tells her he wants to keep his distance because he wants to just be friends with her. Kayla says that they just had sex on Sunday, like a lot. And it's a standing Sunday thing where they just watch their shows together, have sex, and then Kevin spends the night. She's confused why things seem good on Sunday, then she doesn't hear from him for like a week. She aggressively gets in his face, asking if he doesn't want to have sex with her anymore, and he says no. She's not convinced they can stay just friends, and ultimately, she doesn't want to move on because she's still in love with him. She repeatedly asks him who he's seeing because he refuses to answer. Kayla threatens to keep popping up on him if he doesn't answer her, and he just walks away. 
Kevin isn't planning on telling Kayla about Tiffany, and he leaves a crying Kayla. Later, Kevin calls the prison early in the morning uh, of Tiffany's release. His plan is to pick her up and see her for a minute before driving her to the halfway house. Kevin calls again on his way uh, to the prison just to find out if she's been released, and they tell him that she is not getting released today. He asks a lot of questions, and all he's really getting is that she doesn't have a new date and there's some kind of disciplinary action. Kevin is persistent trying to get answers, calling everyone and, you know, talking to the same people a couple times. They're getting annoyed with him, and he's just not getting anything. He finally checks the website and sees another date listed for 2025. He hopes it's just a mistake, but we really don't have any more details. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's start from the beginning. Okay, why do you think Kevin is lying to us about his relationship with Kayla? Yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, that's immediately what I thought of when she said this thing is like, you know, and I'll put, you know, not to get two personal things out there, but you and I are both seeing people right now. Right. And I don't know about you, but that Sunday routine of watch some shows, do some stuff, sleep over (laughs) – Sounds pretty familiar to me. <laughs> yes, that's, that's like uh, the cadence of a relationship, Kevin. Yes. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Just, yeah, every Sunday we have a standing date where we, you know, watch some shows and then fool around and go to sleep. And it's like that. Yeah, that's what relationships are. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what like this is for in your, some people, somebody in their late 30s like he is, right? Yes. And so, I don't know, but because he, he's lying to everybody. Like he's right. lying to her. He's lying to us. Lying um, to Tiffany. Lying to Tiffany. And so, because to her, that that was the most frustrating thing to me. It's like she is clearly has many, many issues, right? Yes. And we'll get to, we'll get to her issues, but the thing she has issues with, she's not wrong. Like she's no. like, I know you're seeing somebody else. Just tell me who it is. And he was like, yeah. I already told you about everything. I told you how I feel. And it's like, but we know that he's not. He's lying to her. Yeah. She knows he's lying to her. And she's like, yeah. but you didn't tell me that. She's like, I don't know why I have to explain anything else. I already told you. And she's like, because what you told me was a lie, and we all know it's a lie. That's yeah. why you have to. That's why you have to come up with a different answer, right? Um, so, yeah, and and yeah, I don't know who he's fooling too, because he knows Kayla's on. He that's the frustrating part too about it is that sure he's lying and he's lying to everybody, but the lie where you're like, you know, I'm gonna find out it's a lie in like two seconds when I talk to her, right? You know, right? This. And so I don't understand why he thinks he can get away with it, why he thinks we'll believe it. Um, because it doesn't make sense. It, 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 just, but he also lies to us about that whole thing too. Oh, I don't know how she knows where I am. She just always pops up at it. Like, no, you yeah. know how she knows. And you know you probably put the stuff on social media hoping that she'll pop by. Right. I Yeah, I definitely feel like he's playing us a little bit. Like, I think he likes the narrative. Like, his crazy ex-girlfriend who's so obsessed with him because he's such a desirable person. You know, right. I think he likes that narrative. Um, he likes making her look like the crazy one. And, I mean, she she definitely helps him in this, like, you know, situation, like, rolling up off production, like, yelling and, you know, demanding yes. that he come out. So, I mean, she, for her part, she does play the role pretty well. But it's it's so not fair to put that on her when behind the scenes he is – you know, playing it up and lying to her. And, you know, I understand where she's coming from. And I really, really dislike Kevin because I feel like he's trying to be the player. 
you know, mm-hmm. trying to make it seem like I don't know why she just keeps hanging around. Like I have given her nothing to lead her on. I keep trying to tell her, you know, we're just trying to be friends. Oh, you don't sleep with your friends? Well, <laughs> right. I, you know, was I was just telling her that, you know, like we could just be friends and then she's just like friends with benefits and I just yeah, I feel so bad for her because she is so clearly like just I don't want to say really in love with him, but she's just so attached she's, to him. Yeah, that's the part. That's the part that bothers me about her is at some point she's been like, you've been doing this. You've been tricking me along and dragging me along for six years. Walk and it's away. like, OK, that means it's time to cut her, to cut him off. Yeah. Like, you should know that because he's not going to get any better and he's not going to change. But like to me, that's that's a dead giveaway too. Is that whole thing like, oh, we're just trying to be friends. But there's no there's no reason she needs to know about my girlfriend. There's no reason she needs to know about Tiffany. Right. And I was like, well, how good of friends are you with someone when you're like, not just I thought to brought it up. I didn't think to bring it up. I didn't think it was a big deal. But like to actively know, yeah, most people think I should tell her about this, but I'm gonna purposely keep it a secret. I'm gonna yeah. keep my significant other from them. Then like, no, you're not in the friendship zone here. You're in some right. other zone, which might not be a full-blown relationship, but it's definitely a, I'd like to keep this as an option. Well, I think that he would defend himself and say that he is thinking of everybody's safety because clearly Clay- Kayla has gone off the rails and keyed people's cars and threatened people physically. So I know he would play that card and say, oh, well, I'm just not going to tell her because, you know, it's going to cause all this drama and I don't need to involve everyone in it. But I I, I think that's what he would say, but I be- I'm with you 100%. He's only doing it because he's trying not to ruin his situation with Kayla. Yeah. Which that's- is sad because he's just using her. She's just a placeholder. Oh, yeah. he she's She is definitely a well, I couldn't find anybody else to sleep with me next week. So this week, so Kayla, it is like, yep. like, and so yeah, she's just she's being used. I mean, but it is hard to take the person of the person who the side of the person who keys cars and does like that to me is a dead giveaway. You have to know you're in a bad place when you're just like, I think I'll just go by and pop in on them and pretend like. <laughs> I'm just meeting some friends here. Like, uh, you have to, you have to know that's like you're 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 entering crazy territory there. Right. You have to no know that, right? No believed that she was meeting friends there. Even the way she said it, she was. He's like, "What are you doing here?" She's like, "Oh, I'm um, I'm just uh, I'm gonna meet some friends." <laughs> it's like not convincing at all. Right. But I'm saying, but he also didn't give the impression that. He thought it was like, uh, uh, you know, something unacceptable to do, right? Because right? if, if, I mean, yes, I definitely would be like if my if I was hanging around and I was with even the the guys or with with anybody and my ex popped up once, I'd be like, oh, weird, what an awkward coincidence. Once it happened twice, it would be like, seriously, why are you here? This is weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you didn't just randomly meet me up twice. Like, we're gonna talk about this now. Like, like not like a. It wasn't like, oh, what are you doing here? Instead of like, what the fuck, man? Like, what the fuck? Seriously. Well, yeah, because she pops up to have confrontations with him. And I mean, that's what he's – the other thing is he's like, well, anytime I haven't seen her for a while, she pops up. So it's clear that she's popping up because she's like trying to get answers because she's like, where'd this dude go? I can't get a hold of him. 
Yeah, well, you know, he also so, he also doesn't talk to her and doesn't text yeah. her back either. Like, and so and and but is still trying to keep her around. That's the biggest. That's the biggest foul here. Is like, yeah, why are you keeping her around, man? Yeah, definitely. All right. So now, of all the infuriating people, somehow Kevin even gets topped, in my opinion. Yes, he does. That's with Indian Harry. Yeah, I okay. So this is the first time we've really seen Harry. Oh boy, yeah, just. Yeah. He's very familiar to me. Yes. Um, I, no, I, yes. <laughs> I got that exactly. I was like, he is my most, uh, this is the most annoying student I have. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. In every mm-hmm. possible way. Yep. I was definitely triggered. I was like, oh God. I don't, yes. And you always get one. Every year, there's always one. You're lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get more. I'm sorry. But uh, no, no, no. I, I, yes, yes. There's more. But I'm, I'm just saying. And honestly, I'll, 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 we'll get to it there. But like, we'll probably get to it more when we discuss. For me, it's not even my students. It's the ones who are in the hallway that I have that are like making a huge amount of noise outside of my room. Like, oh, sure. A half hour, hour in a class. And this is the reaction. This is what I get from them when I'm like, guys, you got to go to class. You can't stay in the hallway. I get this. Yeah. Like this is these are the students that I, I have to deal with. Not even in my class, but in the hallways. Sure, sure. All right. So anyway, Indy and Harry are finally together in the same place. And although it's past midnight, time becomes a big issue here, by the way. They're both ready for a long night of getting busy. His family is back home with a home-cooked meal of food that he doesn't really like. Um, But Indy is hoping, you know, they're not going to be there for too long because she really wants to get down to it. Um, He's holding a grudge because he feels like his family was not supportive of him while he was in prison. And cooking him food he doesn't want is just kind of another sign of how they're not being supportive. With the Back with the family, Lydia is asking Eloisa, his mom, what she thinks of Indy. But Eloisa doesn't really think she has to think anything of Indy because Harry never sticks to one thing for too long. So she probably <laughs> won't be around. Um, so she – so to get him what he really wants, at this point we see Indy and Harry stop at a fast food place because he just wanted a chicken sandwich with, with, with um, tomatoes and bacon on that motherfucker. So we finally get the camera of him telling us his history. He says he has two felonies and he started getting in trouble way back at the age of five. Then we jump ahead and it's 2 a.m. And he got out at around midnight again. Yeah. And Harry is still running around to fast food places because he promised the boys at the halfway house he'd get them cheeseburgers. So at this point, the family has been waiting him for like two hours and they start calling being like, uh, where are you? We're hungry and tired. And Harry says, well, I just wanted to pick up burgers for my boys. And that's when his sister Carla calls him inconsiderate. And then once that – once the word inconsiderate comes up, it's just the top comes off and they start yelling at each other. (laughs) So he gets to the halfway house to deliver burgers and the rest of the family at that point just dips out. And they finally get – they finally do get back to the house after three. And so Lydia opens the door. She's like waiting on the couch for them and starts yelling at them again for being inconsiderate. To which Harry's response is basically like, you can't tell me what to do. Which misses the point, I think. But anyway, <laughs> this is not how Indy wanted things to go because at this point he's just getting yelled at and drinking champagne straight out of the bottle outside and yelling how what – no one was there at the begin. No one was there at the begin. So why is everybody here now? So oh now Harry God. is walking around with his open container to cool off and Lydia is yelling about Indy instead of him because she's got to yell at somebody. But she is upset about the normal things people be upset about like – we had a plan for dinner and you just left everybody waiting. <laughs> and like if you wanted to do, do buy burgers for your people, could you just like let us know so we can dip out and not wait for two and a half hours for you? 
Um, but the whole thing makes Harry just super mad. He doesn't want to deal with this. He just wants – just makes him want to smoke weed, drink liquor and run away. But he can't just run away because Indy and Coco have no place to go. So again, Lindy comes out and is like, hey, maybe we could just apologize. But he doesn't want to because number one, he didn't do anything wrong. And oh, number God. two, he didn't do anything wrong. So he's not going to apologize. Indy is not used to such animosity between siblings. So they keep squabbling and then they come in and Indy packs up. They start packing up their stuff so they can, I don't know, spend the night in the car or something. All while telling Lydia, again, whose house he's currently living in, what I'm doing is none of your business. So on the car ride, Indy tries to gently explain Lydia's sigh. 